All right, welcome to the Two Sons Podcast. Happy Saturday, everybody. Hope all of you guys had a great week. It would mean a lot to us if you would scroll down and hit that subscribe button. We appreciate all of you guys who've been supporting the show, yeah. commenting, all that kind of stuff. We have a jam-packed show today. We're going to be talking about uh, Dave Filoni getting promoted. New George is the phrase you New just George. used. I love it. Yeah. yeah. It, like, it should just say that on his business card. Just, uh, other just George. George. Yeah. <laughs> Ask me when George isn't around. And George isn't around, so I'm in charge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then I have a take about the High Republic. It's not even so much a take. It's just like the initial kind of like sentiment that's forming around a take that I want to kind of hmm. dive into because I just uh, I, I I haven't quite enjoyed reading this book as much as I have really? some of the other Star Wars content that I have recently. So I want to break that. that down a little bit. I but like when I you and I disagree because yeah, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And I and I'm I'm kind of. I'm kind of hoping that you can kind of talk me off Shed the ledge a little bit. Hmm. And we and there was I did just get to a part in the book where there was something kind of interesting which we'll talk about in a minute. Okay. But I haven't seen you in a while. It's been I know, a, dude. like a week. So how We're, are you doing, man? I'm doing good. It was kind of funny because yesterday before you texted me, I was like, oh, I, I need to touch base with Jay. Just because I was shocked that you and I hadn't seen each other. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, some of our viewers might know, like, dude, we see each other probably three times a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like literally the pod and then our, we usually hang out with our wives and then we usually hang out with our friends. Exactly. <laughs> so like, and then like throw in some, some trips in the mix yeah. and like some ski trips, which dude, I'm getting stoked for. Oh dude, way. it's but, yeah, happening. I'm it's good. Happening. Jay, Jay sent us in our group text, uh, this, this video of him just, just bulleting down at an irresponsible rate <laughs> on skis and just, just like, snowboarder like flies by him and then he like passes a skier and then he's just like going back and forth i'm just like jay like because there's like that that i think they call it like the gopro phenomenon where like you're doing something badass but then you check out your gopro and you're like oh this looks looks pretty (laughs) shitty but like the gopro phenomenon was not happening with you dude you were going probably close to 40 i'm thinking dude i have no idea you're going fast but uh I have not gone that fast since then. You know, really? it's funny because like, dude, so Luke and I are both dude, super competitive up. and he's a much better skier than me on powder. And then I'm a much better skier than him on groomed runs. Dude, right? you zip. So we go, I shouldn't say much better. We're both slightly no, better. No, you're, no, 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 you're much better. So, you're so, much we, better. so we go to, I go on, uh, so we have like these traditions, right? And like skiing's a big tradition in our friend group and in our family. So our friend group, we go to Breckenridge every single year. And we get like a ski and ski out. We just invest. It's like a whole thing. We throw down, like we throw down, and we make it. We make a nice right. trip out of it. And then um, my wife's family, who kind of introduced me to skiing, we do a big, a big family ski trip every single year. And we go to a different place every single year. And last year we went to North Star, which is mm-hmm. by Lake Tahoe, and they have all these like groomed blacks down the backside of the mountain. And so, like, uh, imagine like the vast majority of ski resorts you go to, like a green will be like a level kind of like slight decline that's groomed, right? right? And then a blue will be like a pretty steep decline that's groomed. And then like usually the blacks are like moguls. Yeah. And they're usually ungroomed. And so when you have a, a, a real like a groomed black, it's like a real opportunity to, to work on your speed. And it's like open things they up. had like yeah. two or three of these like wide runs, groomed blacks and like, and literally dude, I was cooking on that trip. Yes. You and are. you know, it's crazy. Like every other ski trip that year was powder skiing. And it kicked my ass. Now, yeah. I will say by the end, because you and I had a powder day when we took a day trip to Snowball, Snowball. towards that was the fun. end of the year. Yeah. And I started to kind of get a little bit better at it. But like powder skiing is like an entirely different beast. It, it truly is. It truly is. And <clears throat> it you, it feels like you can't get hurt powder, powder skiing, but you totally can. Like I uh, remember I went down that little, that little 
jot, I'll call mm. it. And I just we started going backwards somehow. Dude, dude. And I was just you like took rolling. me down that route too, and I I got separated from you at I one know. point. I, got, I lost my skis. I ran into a tree. Like it was a complete. It was an abject disaster, dude. dude it really was. And as I'm like rolling backwards, like tumbling, skis are flying off. I'm like. I hope there's not a tree behind me somewhere because I'm literally <laughs> going to, you know, like smash my head into it. Skiing is so incredibly Dude. dangerous. Do and you remember every the Breckenridge trip when you caught your, uh, it was, oh, one it was of us my caught glove, our glove. Dude. Was, was it like, you or me? Yes, I don't remember. It was my glove, okay, yeah. We're going through the trees and we're like, okay, like, you just tree, your trees. Hand off. Yeah. Uh, skiing through the trees is super dangerous. Let's be careful. Literally, right after that conversation, I'm going through and I get so close to this tiny, or no, it's actually a big tree and it had a little branch sticking out of it. It, aka a knife sticking yes. out and i'm going through and somehow my glove just like just gets hooked onto the the tree branch and i'm skiing without a glove then <laughs> and i look back and then jason's like holding my glove dude well, which was so, like right like the way it came off was like right next to like major arteries oh dude like, it could have been not, so not bad that, like i even got cut but dude it's just like uh, skiing is so dangerous dude i, I because Luke's one of those dudes that like wants to go into the trees, and I'm not why. like that. Like I just want to stay out in the open, like and then I, the I like moguls. Moguls are fun, yeah. but like, and I, I'll do an occasional tree run with Luke. But like, I'll see him. I'll, I'll be skiing. I'll look over on the side, and he's just like in the thick of it. And I'm just like, I'm like, what are you doing, man? And then, and like, degloving is supposed to be you just lose like the finger on a ring. You would have degloved your whole hand. Oh, you would just ripped all the skin off, dude. Your hand. Gross. <laughs> so gross. But yeah, this year and every year, I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna take it slow this year i'm, mm. I'm just gonna be relaxed and I'm, I'm just gonna play it cool and then elena has that conversation with me too hey dude don't get hurt it's well, like yeah that, that's you're, you're right like i don't want to get hurt and that's dude that's why i don't have that app that you mm-hmm. guys ski with like where it tells you how fast you went yeah i literally don't have that because i don't want to try and beat myself like, yeah so like, so that app the the Kathy family, my wife's family is like is like obsessed with using that app and when you go skiing with that family it's balls to the walls from from the minute the lift opens to the minute the lift closes at four, and it's super competitive, and everybody in that family's good. Like that, you wonder how I got decent at skiing. I had yeah. no choice. Did I know? <laughs> but to figure Sink or it swim. Out, figure it out or get yeah. left behind in the in the dust. And like specifically, uh, like it the the that app was stressing me out. And this is gonna sound like you know, whatever, I, I so the app that we were referring to. Sorry, really quick. It just tracks slopes, your skiing. Right? It's called I think it's called slopes. Yeah. yeah. It tracks your skiing, so it tells you like top speed, and it also tells you how many vertical feet you've skied. Yeah, like uh-huh. how yeah, and it'll like have your a chart of all your runs that day so you can like see how many runs you did. It's it's a cool app. And like I still use it. I just don't race with it. Cause yeah. it's funny because so in that video I sent you I was going uh, a little over fifty miles an hour. <laughs> and um and hey, that's so, so crazy dude. I have never crossed fifty since that day. And it's not for la- it's not because I am incapable of it. It's because like that was a, a trip where like I, it was like I was kind of figuring out how to ski, and then I got there, and then I was like, actually, I don't really want to go that fast, and I like toned it down, and like I am a, I am comfortably like I like to cruise in the low 40s. I have full control of what I'm doing. Yeah, I feel like I'm moving fast and having fun, but I never feel like I'm gonna get myself hurt. Like I feel that that to me is like my comfort zone, and that to me is like where I like it. And I have to get on Carly because like the other thing too is like well, we 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 drink on the mountains. Okay? Of course, like, like, like Dude, you're not supposed to, but like yeah, you know, we, like we drink yeah. on the mountains. So like. So like it could get to the point too where I'm like I'm like hey like 
Carly, like we've it's three p.m. and we've had a few, like maybe not fifty-five miles an hour. Seriously on that though, run, you know what I mean? She cooks, man. Dude, your she's wife can so snowboard. Good. She's insane, man. She's straight up better than me. Oh, she's mm. she's incredible. Like she's mm. super incredible, dude. It's so funny your different ski styles though, because you are so not the personality to be like, I want to go fast. Mm. Like that's just not you. Like no, you're no. not the guy that's like, hey, let's go ATVing. You're not yeah. really a risk taker. So it literally cracks me up that you're just like can just plummet it down the mountain like yeah. that. Whereas my ski style is like uh, way more relaxed probably. And and I, I definitely like to go through like the trees and like be a little bit more technical. Whereas you just like opened it up. Last year you started to open it up a little bit. Just a bit. Like, yeah. It, like it, it, but again, like you find like your own little personal speed that you enjoy and you kind of like, sure. you, you kind of relax from there. But Dude, like we, in front of us worth like drinking thing, like it's pretty well documented that people who are drunk, like don't get injured as much. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. So there's, really? there's a threshold. There's a threshold. Okay. Oh. So time out, time out. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> there's a threshold. Slobber shit face drunk isn't, is not a good skiing condition. Is that So no, no, no. So like if you were, Okay, so slobber, slobber, shit face drunk. Is that what you just said? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Slobber, I've never, yeah, slobber, I don't know. S. Yeah. What, what would be the acronym for that? Slobber, slobber, shit If If you like crash into a tree at 40 miles an hour, like obviously, like there's only so much survival you can have <laughs> in that situation. But if you're to go, go like, you know, 40 and then just start to like roll down a hill, and if you're trashed, just piss drunk <laughs> you will probably get you'll probably be less likely to get injured than you would if because you, you won't brace yourself so no you'll, you'll just, just like a you'll literally be loosey-goosey yeah there's ah, a document that is crazy i don't know if this is true or not <laughs> do not I, quote call me. me skeptical by the way no dude it happens uh, so here's here's this is a little bit more morbid uh drunk drivers oftentimes survive crashes where they kill people oh yeah that, so that's that's pretty that's pretty morbid and like yeah so like like that's thanks for kind taking of the, the show in a really negative direction yeah. there Luke yeah no, I'm just kidding <laughs> no yeah. but that's super interesting it's true that's there's super there's a docu I don't know how well documented I don't know if this is real or not but I've heard reports stories of someone literally getting like moved by a tornado I don't know how far and they didn't die and, and they, they were got drunk. pissed drunk. <laughs> Maybe they thought they were in a tornado. I don't know. Like that seems like a wives tale. I was in a tornado. That seems like a wives tale. But like I've like yeah. heard this story enough yeah. where I'm just like I don't know. Is that real? Is like we is found that you. True? We found you passed out on the street corner by the strip club. What happened? A tornado. A tornado. <laughs> I was on my back porch. I swear I was not at Jaguar strip club. Uh, dude, the uh, speaking of morbid, I have no idea how this actually happened. But so, you know, YouTube recommendations, right? Yeah. Which, by the way, is like one of the greatest reasons why I keep telling everybody, like, go to YouTube, go to YouTube, go to YouTube. Because when you uh, when you put content on YouTube, you empower yourself to get exposed to a wide audience for free. It literally yeah, is that simple. That's a pretty cool. And system. like yeah. and, and like uh, it, like YouTube's algorithm, excuse me, YouTube's algorithm has worked wonders for this show as we've done our, you know, obviously the shows that we do in between shows that come out like sure. the ahsoka and stuff they're more for our, our more loyal listeners and all of you guys who have listened like we've 
we've averaged over 250 people watching per week since Ahsoka, yeah. which again, when you're building a podcast from scratch, like that's not nothing. It that's feels good, win. especially in like, uh, this is like our off season, right? Yeah, like it, no new Star Wars stuff is really coming out, except for some of the books, which yeah. there's a way less, you know, following for the books. Yes, Anyways. Exactly. But like during this time, it can be it, it, like, this is more for our, our more loyal listeners. But when you're doing, when you're doing the bigger content, like you, you can get significant chunks of people that you've, that have never seen your stuff to see right. it on YouTube. So anyway, so one day I, I log on and, uh, just to open up YouTube and, um, I think I was going to the, to my pages to check some numbers. I usually check the numbers in the morning when I wake up and because just like any other crazy person, I'm, I'm like obsessed with the, the, you know, performance of the show. And sure, like, so literally I, I will get on and the first video that recommended one day was like this, it was like uh Boeing 737, you know, inverts yeah. after takeoff and, and, you know, it's like the real cabin audio or something. It's from, oh this, my gosh. it's from this thing called the flight channel. Okay. And so of course, like, I'm just like, I'm going to click on it. Right. So yeah, I click on it. And, and it's this channel where they do, basically they take every aviation accident, accident in human history and they chronicle every single specific detail about what led to the accident wow. so like i'll give you an example there's one so to make a long story short now i'm addicted to him and yes. now like every single time i open up my phone to check the numbers i'm like ah, i gotta watch this one and it's like yeah. it's like it's like because like, like all of them are different it's like mid-air collision over ukraine or something like that it's like <laughs> <laughs> it'll be like, like some crazy it'll be some crazy shit like that and, it, and i'm not talking about like i, I like i think there were the, the the specific collision i'm talking about was like somewhere around the russia area like decades ago and it was like a yeah. complete accident because a air traffic controller was asleep or something but anyway oh like there gosh. was there was one in particular it was a china airlines 747 mm. that was landing in this like super sketchy airport i think in taiwan and uh in like because there were it was like a a, a, a runway that stretched into the ocean and then there were a bunch of buildings next to it. So they had to kind of zoom in and fly like that because if they overshot the runway, they'd run into buildings. Okay. And so this dude did this, did this like, de- like descent and he kind of scratched the tail of the, the plane as he came in a little too on steep. On a building? Uh, no, on the, on the runway. Oh, like on he, the, okay. Because you have to like literally swoop in to land. Yeah. It was like one of the more dangerous airports in the world at the time. And so it scratched the shit out of the bottom of the airplane. And so they, uh, they park, right? And as you guys know, like when you go up into uh, 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 cruising altitude, especially in those big airplanes, those like 747s and stuff, you're up at like 40,000 feet. And like literally the, the air pressure dynamic is crazy and the te- yeah. external temperatures are, are crazy, right? So like the cabin has to be like structurally sound. So they installed like what they call a doubler plate on it. But Boeing had like a specific manual for how to do it, and they kind of freeballed it and like did like a Dude, different kind of thing. You patch. never freeball air travel yeah, ever, right? But ever, this ever. Was in the 70s, right? So <laughs> they're freeballing everything in the 70s. So the flight, the airplane uh, uh, operates totally normal mm-hmm. for 22 years after that. Stop. 22 years. But what had happened was, is they, when they kind of like did the, the shitty patch, some cracks from the original scratch were uh, uh, like barely stretching out from the thing and metal fatigue started to happen there every single time the cabin would pressurize. I'm is shocked it, that that plane made it 22 years I before know. something bad happened and that that wasn't changed out just 
for maintenance sake. I know, right? It, they were about to sell it off too, so they had just sold it to this other airline company Get with two out. flights left. They were gonna they were gonna do a, a, a quick there and back trip uh, to, to to Hong Kong, I think, or uh, I'm not even sure. But anyway, they were gonna make this like quick back and forth trip, and then they were gonna give the plane deliver to this other company that, and they sold it for 1.4 million. And I'm like, okay, like so it's they pretty good they deal. Off pedaled like. it. As soon as it got up into cruising uh, uh, to a significant altitude, explosive decompression, the plane literally blew up. So one of what's crazy to think about, though, like if you think about that that airplane's like lifespan, right? Let's say, it, visually speaking, it's it's a chart from this wall to this wall. Mm-hmm. Like it's amazing to think that it made it so far. And that it was just the the difference of like one or two trips at the very very end. Like those pilots, because you know, like it's usually different pilots are literally just like essentially, for lack of a better term, like handing off the key. Like oh dude, hey, dude it's crazy. Next, next one you literally yeah, yeah. And, and then multiple times a day yeah, yeah 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 multiple times a day and then it just goes off and then can you imagine like, yeah. being the pilot that flew it last that yeah. didn't die dude. and just knowing that you were like literally minutes away from death oh dude over a twenty two year span. Like, hey, this this plane, you can fly it as much as you want over 22 years, but one of them is going to be the one. That's that's crazy to think about. It's completely crazy, and like, so the it's a, the concept of metal fatigue is fascinating to mm. me too. So like, when I was uh, when I was uh, uh, trying to when Carly and I first moved back to Tucson from Charlotte, I was looking for a job. And I was interviewing with some real estate people and then I ended up taking a real estate job, but I also interviewed with this engineering company and my job was to, it was like engineering sales. And so Mm. they wanted people like me with like a, 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 some engineering background because I had a pre-engineering degree in my, at Utah state and which is an associates. And like, literally uh, they were like, Hey, like you can probably understand some of this stuff and sell it to other engineers. And so they were like, they were like, we're going to educate you on, on metal fatigue and like this specific software that we have that you can sell to these companies that essentially allows them to identify the exact moment that their metal is going to fail. Wow. Which was like a super, because then what they can do is like say that that moment is, you know, 10,000 uses. Uh-huh. They can rate it for 5,000 uses and leave like a good healthy sure. slush. You know what I mean? But it's a super fascinating concept because like metal, we think of metal as the super resilient material and it is, but like literally like if you took this piece right here and if it was strong enough to withstand you standing on it, you yeah. could stand on it once, you could stand on it twice, but eventually it would it would it would take the, your weight and it would just the metal would just give. And it's dude. it's kind of like a crazy concept. No, it is. It's so funny. Our brains, dude, are so so active Random. all the time. We yeah. you and I cannot turn off our brains. Mm-hmm. And it, I actually enjoy the hell out of it. Like I think it's so much fun. Um, last night it was the Pac-12 championship for football, right? Mm-hmm. Oregon versus Washington. I'm, I'm sure Washington won. I stopped watching the game. Anyways, they were in the Raiders. Stadium. I think Oregon won. No way. Oh look, let me double check. Oh yeah, because they came back. They were they were getting like blown out in the beginning. Keep going, I'll tell you. Anyway, so um, they showed the booth. And Washington then they won. showed. Okay, yeah. they showed the booth, and uh, underneath the booth they had like a net set up. So if anybody fell out of the booth, they would get caught. And I remember like looking at the net and being like, the top golf net. Yeah, uh, essentially, no, no, no. It, it, it literally looks like a top golf net, but like envision, <laughs> like envision, like the the uh, broadcasting booth, and that's open. Uh-huh. And then they have 
like the field below it, like if you fell, you'd get injured. And then they had these like little nets. Yeah, the top golf net. Yeah, I know exactly what you're net. talking about. Yeah. So anybody who's drunk and like the swings too swing hard. Out of my shoes. Yeah. yeah, dude, that net was like the flimsiest looking net I've ever seen in my life. And the whole entire time, I was thinking about ratings. It's so funny that you bring up ratings. Like how long like, it could be able to handle, especially exactly. if you receive direct sunlight at any point during the day. Because like direct sunlight, it, we think of it as like, oh, the sun like dries it out. No, no, it's literal, literally ultraviolet rays. Yeah. That, that essentially degrade the material. Yeah. And then I was thinking, I was like, that's rated for like 250 probably. If like a really big person <laughs> was to fall on the net, they would die, I think. <laughs> and like that's where my brain goes as I'm watching this game. And oh, I don't dude. say anything. I'm just like dude. in, you know, in, in these thoughts, you know, my, my own thoughts. Um, also, by the way, did you see how ugly the field looked during that that Pac-12 I didn't watch championship? The game. I didn't dude, watch the game. If you see we any highlights, last night. it was like, you know, like the cheap green carpet that you can buy? It was legitimately like that. It had waves in it where it wasn't stretched properly oh, for the Nash or for the Pac-12 championship. That seems dude. like really unsafe. Yes, they yeah. had literally waves in it. And I was like waiting for the broadcasters to start talking about it because it looked terrible. It looked so bad. That's it, obnoxious. Uh, uh, Prescott Valley had a, an arena football team one time. Oh, really? Yes. That's and dope. It Prescott, was Valley. In Prescott Valley. Prescott <laughs> Valley, yeah. baby. So, so, uh, and they had a terrible field. Too. His parents used to live up there, by the way. And so they had this, this, uh, ice rink and it, they're called the sun dogs. And they were like the, the lower team for the Colorado avalanche. And then okay. in the off seasons, they'd play arena football. And it was like this big rollout. We're stoked on arena football. Dude, they, they put out the field and everyone walks in and then everyone realizes that they completely botched the field because they made the end zones like 10 feet shorter than what they should have been. Oh, no. So they literally added grass uh, at the end and then spray, spray painted it. <laughs> grass grass? No, no, no. Oh, oh, turf. Oh, turf. Turf. Yeah. Dude. Dude, it's such a mess. It made oh, me think of that. That's yeah. so janky. It's so janky. It looks so bad. But that, yeah, it looked really bad. Um, But yeah, so I'm, I, I'm going through this phase where I, I'm, I'm watching all these th- – things down i can't help it like yesterday i saw one where pilots were joking about crashing right before they crashed oh my gosh the like the i've seen disputes i've seen pilots in the comments being like that's not what happened (laughs) like it's been it's actually like really it's hey here's the thing it's profoundly so okay I'm interested in it because what specifically I'm fascinated with is like this concept. I get in arguments with these old head basketball fans. All you hoops tonight listeners out there will 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 understand my sentiment here. Like these old ass people that are like the NBA was better back in the day, and it's like it's like well back in the '90s they were better at you know the fundamentally hook shots. Playing. Yeah, yeah, or like like ball movement was better. And I, I want to be like no, like. Literally, like, like, look at the centers in the NBA yeah. now. You watch Chet Holmgren's hitting, like, Kobe Bryant fadeaways over his left shoulder. It's like, it's just not even, to me, like, every industry is in a relentless pursuit of perfection. And to me, aviation sure. is such a great example of that because, like, I'll give you an example. So, like, uh, have you heard the, the numbers? Like, I remember when Trump was in office, he used to always promote this. But he'd be like, he'd be like, oh, we had 15 million flights this year with zero fatalities mm. or something like that. You know what I mean? And, like, aviation is safer now than it's ever been, right? And, like, it's what it took to get to that point is so important. Because, yeah. like, literally, like, I'll give you an example. There was this this uh, plane that crash-landed on its uh, arrival into London, if I remember correctly, because it ran out of fuel. And nobody died. The pilots did an amazing job kind of saving the situation. But what happened was is they took off and they uh, went to extreme high altitude north of Moscow, like 40,000 feet. And they were checking their fuel gauges uh, and like checking fuel temperature to make sure their fuel wouldn't freeze. And Uh what they had to do is – and I had no idea about this, but like apparently the atmosphere gets like random cold 
bursts as well. So they constantly have to monitor the external temperature out there. Because even though in the cabin they can keep it warm, sure. like outside, sure. of, like and if it freezes the fuel, the plane crashes. Yeah. You know, so like yeah, you, you, I'll pass on frozen fuel. Yeah, today. exactly. So what ends up happening is like they're they're checking the thing and they're like, oh, the fuel's fine, that the fuel's fine. And then on their descent into uh, into London, what ended up happening was is a, bits of water that were in the fuel froze and turned into ice cubes no. and clogged the fuel lines and oh shut the gosh. engines down. And then literally, it literally, uh, they like basically barely gl- glided the airplane in and, and, and it ended up landing short and kind of like skidding off the runway. The landing gear collapsed. It was a whole thing. Dude, again, but, an but entire it, flight and they're like, oh, we were 50 uh, feet short. Yeah, dude, <laughs> like, like what? that close. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and I know, dude, near misses, man. I'm yeah. telling you. Uh, and a, there are a lot out. of ugly ones too where like it goes south. Like of course. The, 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 the one in Chicago where the, like the, the left engine falls off the plane because when they swapped it out, they didn't do it right. And the left engine fall and the thing like to the side. It was the most deadly accident in aviation Dude, history. Is over, over I hope someone's not died. listening to our podcast right now about to board an airplane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. No, but okay. So my I, this is the point I'm trying to make though. They made adjustments to the way their system works, yeah. so that ice can't clog fuel lines anymore. Right. And that's my point. Is like, and we talked about this when we talked about the for all mankind the moon show thing that I watched. Like this idea of like a test pilot and mm-hmm. like the idea of like. There, in order to, in order for humans to achieve anything, there has to be sacrifice. Apollo one, three astronauts literally died in a in a cabin fire inside the yeah. uh, their 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 module, right? And it's like that was part of the process that led to men landing on True. the moon. And like the at the end of the day, like like what's kind of cool is like even though there is great sacrifice and pain and suffering that goes along the way, like uh, now we have this system Which is where super, you can go safe. anywhere in the world. Yeah. And have an incredibly minuscule risk of of any sort of incident. Isn't that crazy? And, and it's that not air even, travels yeah. like immensely safer than driving your car. And and, and like it's it, it, it's it's immensely safer than driving your car. And like I, I, I want to be careful with this because it's affordable in the sense that like the majority of the world can afford to. Your do bang it. Like, for your buck is incredible. Your bang for your buck is incredible. That's yeah. my point. Like if you can scrounge together like five hundred bucks, you can get from here to New York. You the, know which what I mean? is crazy. And no, so, dude, like, even better. Dream, we were looking a, at. Yeah. Uh, uh, tickets to Maine and it was like 250 Mm -hmm. and we're like what that's like so affordable versus gas and if you were to drive that yeah no exactly so yeah I I do I have found that particularly fascinating you how is your table going dude it's good yeah so uh, Jason's asking about like a new kitchen table that that I'm making in in the wood shop did I tell you about like the little secret little secret feature that it's going to have no all right cool there's a secret there's a secret feature that I'm not going to tell Jason (laughs) now that I've got you all interested (laughs) Um, no dude there's a cool little secret feature and I'm working on the secret feature dude it's so funny that you're talking about like um, trying to perfect things right yeah and like woodworking is so perfectly imperfect right like you're you're like you're you're dealing with a substance um first of all like this wood is so beautiful it's red oak and i think it's just gorgeous but anyways you're dealing with a substance that moves over time and and uh there's woodworking and there's woodworking right so like the original builds that i would do uh it would be like really cheap wood pine um and i wouldn't allow for wood movement so, like, for example, like, we just sold our old kitchen table that I made for Elena when she was in college. And it had character. It had a lot of character, <laughs> to say the least. And there was areas where, like, the wood had just blown out. And, and it just looked really rustic as a mm-hmm. result of it, which isn't really our style. Yeah. And uh, 
that was a great learning experience for me. And, and like, there was like a little bit of sacrifice there. Right. Like, so like, you know, made a, just painstakingly took time on that table and it still sucked, mm-hmm. you know? And then like, then it allows me to, to learn and, 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 you know, uh, make the next one better. So this long story short, the table's going great. I'm taking my time on it. I'm, uh, putting in a bunch of features to allow for wood movement and what mo- wood movement is, is essentially, uh, depending on the season and depending on the location, like it will absorb water, like no matter how much like epoxy or clear coat you put onto wood, it will always still try and absorb water. So, um, well, how do you, like, I'm interested from an engineering standpoint, how you build in movement. Yeah. So, table. so for example, um, we'll do the, so in this, the, the perfect example is the secret feature that I'm not going to tell you about. We'll talk about it next week. Um, but for example, like, uh, the envision like a long table, right? And it's more long than it is wide. Well, how and 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 grain should always go with the length of of the piece because that's where you get most of the strength from wood, right? Gotcha. Yeah. So if you were to break wood, you'd want to break it so it, the break would go with the grain, then it would go against the <coughs> grain. Anyways, long story short, if you think of wood as literally just a bunch of uh, dehydrated straws that are all in line with each other. That's the wood grain. And, mm-hmm. and literally, if, you, if, if water gets into those straws, those straws swell. Well, that wouldn't make the table really longer. It would end up making it wider. Yeah. So, so uh, for example, um, when if you have two pieces of wood so that are on wood, either side. you're saying wood swells perpendicular to the grain. Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, in most cases. So, so if you have a piece of wood next to it, you need to allow for a little bit of space for that wood to swell. That way it just doesn't blow out another yeah. piece of wood. Well, in this case, I actually have these metal brackets that allow for that swelling where they can slide one way but not the other oh, way. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, so it's like super cool. And then there's certain rules too. Like if you're, if you're gluing together pieces of wood and if it's a relatively small area, like let's say you're gluing a piece that's only two inches, you don't really have to allow for... for that swelling nearly as much as if you were to uh, have that multiplied over the course of an entire, you know, wood width mm-hmm. uh, or table width. So that's kind of what I'm working on. It's going great. I'm super excited to show you though, because I think, I'm excited to see it. I think with uh, with that added feature, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. How yeah. close are you to finishing? Um, oh well, here's the part that sucks: is no matter how hard you try, there's always going to be little things that that pop up. So I literally thought I was like a couple days out. I'm I'm probably a week out now with, you know, with my actual work schedule. The reason being is because when I was gluing it up, uh, I, you put immense pressure on, on, on the, onto the pieces as, as you're gluing them. And what happened is the whole entire table flexed a little bit and it kind of bowed. So, so now, um, is I your have plane to go, big enough to run the whole thing? It's not. So now I'm literally hand planing it. So I've got this little Shit. hand tool and I'm literally like hand planing it. And I've been doing it for like an hour or so already and it's still not even close. Oh, man. So it depends on how quickly I can fix that. Oh, dude. Well, yeah. I, I I know you. It, the thing with Luke is like – see, because here's the thing. Like, you know how like people have hobbies? Like, I play guitar. It's a fun hobby. You know, I am not very good. Dude, that is no, so no, not no, true. No, no, no. Hold on. No, no. You, you think – what you think is good is not good. It, I, I guarantee you, you, you know exactly the sentiment where like yeah. you'll see a piece of woodworking and you'll be like, you know what yeah. I mean? Okay. No. Luke's actually insanely no, good dude. with his woodworking. That's and not the, true. And it was so funny because Carly and I just bought a bunch of, of furniture um, 
uh, because we're, we're redoing our house, as, as I've mentioned on the show before. And like literally, like I've looked at how expensive some of this stuff is online. And I'm like, I wish Luke would just start selling his furniture. <laughs> because like it literally, li- Luke Luke's better at it than anybody, literally anybody that I've seen. And and just does he just does it for himself. And he just makes his own pieces at home. And he has all these incredible pieces of furniture at his house. And I'm just like, it's a waste. You need to be you need to be sharing your your talents. Dude, maybe with the one world, day. Man. Maybe one day. It's all this like research and development that goes into like making a piece for the first time. Like I could crank this wood table out like in in literally a quarter of the time, mm-hmm. legitimately a quarter of the time. But like so much of it goes to like the planning stage where I literally mm-hmm. just sit on a high chair and just stare at at at, at the piece, and I just kind of like crafted as i go mm-hmm. i'm not trying to sound like all like artsy no it's shit. no but you know i what think mean? that's but an like, important phase that's like it is and like, dude, oh, dude, that's like, what I, that's what i love about it man it's so cool to create yes. that yeah like and so actually we're gonna we're gonna be moving the studio this studio we're gonna be here for a couple more months and then we're gonna be out of here because we're using a different room for it yeah and luke's gonna be doing a bunch of woodworking for that as well I'm, yeah I'm dude i'm stoked to, to do that everybody can judge him yeah dude we should uh when the table's done we'll we'll put up a little picture during one of the videos yes i think that's a good i think that's a good idea yeah Uh, But that's all we have for today. As always, I appreciate you guys, and we will see you next time. Thanks a lot.